bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome again to the new year as we start out 2007 with Disability Matters. And thank you, thank you so much for your wonderful support. You know I have such great listeners and such loyalty, and I really appreciate all of you emailing me and all the support we have. And we're really starting the month out great this year because it's wonderful to begin the year talking to a company, well, that I know is really well-known in the disability world as being disability-friendly and has led the way in the year of accessibility, and that would be the company IBM. And what an honor it is today to have Francis West, the director of IBM Human Ability and Accessibility Center, as our guest to start off the year. Francis, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Joyce. And Francis, for our listeners throughout the world, maybe you can first give them an idea of how and when you first got involved in the disability area. Well, I got involved in the disability area formally about three years ago. Um, I've been with IBM many, many years, and uh, and actually was looking to apply my sales and marketing skills in an initiative that really has more of a social responsibility and also can create uh, what we consider a societal transformation impact. Um, and the um, the accessibility center uh, uh, opportunity came up, and uh, my husband, who happened to be a clinical psychologist and always worked in the human services area, really encouraged me to uh, get involved. And uh, and and ever since then, I, this has been a a, a tremendous uh, uh, opportunity for me personally and also professionally. Oh, that is really a great story. That's tremendous. Well. For our listeners, maybe you can explain what IBM Human Ability and the Accessibility Center is. Okay. Um, the IBM Human Ability and Accessibility Center is a, a worldwide uh, corporate function organization in that we actually support uh, all business units within IBM. And our primary mission is to is twofold. One is internally to work with all lines of business to raise their uh, awareness uh, of the issue of accessibility, both from product, from services, from hardware, software perspective, and even from a processing standpoint. And externally, we also have the worldwide responsibilities to promote the, our uh, enterprise understanding and appreciation of the topic of disability. And, and also in the process, we do work on some very advanced technology, and especially from research division, which actually uh, this uh, Human Ability and, and Accessibility Center is associated with, um, to bring out the advanced technology to help people with disability and also the aging baby boomers. Yes, and um, right before the show started, I, uh, Francis and I were talking about that. I'm working with... Uh, the Department of Labor and EEOC in Washington, D.C. on the 2010, which is, of course, that in the year 2010, there will be a, a 10 million person labor shortage in the United States. Do you think, perhaps, uh, Francis, that that will finally 
help us break through a little bit more in the area of employment for people with disabilities, and how would that impact you in the area of accessibility? Well, we've been actually watching this uh, changing demographics very closely. Uh, I think the United States are just beginning to um, uh, look at this topic. Um, You mentioned 10 million shortage by uh, 2010, but in other parts of the world, for example, in Japan uh, and also in Italy and in Spain, the aging uh, population issue is creating a huge issue for the government. both from the uh, labor, uh, labor source um, shortage standpoint and also just from the overall social um, and economic uh, infrastructure standpoint. So we actually think that um, with the aging um, demographic becoming a, a topic of focus for all countries around the world, the, the focus of accessibility will become more and more in the foreground because <clears throat> according to the, uh, I think it's one of the AAPD studies that uh, every person, um, when they get into the uh, 40 and 50 um, uh, age range, they will begin to acquire minimally one disability. Usually it tends to be the vision. You know, you start wearing bifocals. And then as you get older, then uh, hearing begins to go. And then as you get even older than that, the mobility becomes an issue. So I think the population at large will begin to understand the accessibility issue is really not just about a segment of the population, but it's really about all of us. Yes, and hopefully with a labor shortage that will, you know, encourage people to hire this pool that has been left behind. Right, the poor that's uh, left behind, and also even for uh, people who are who are in the workforce, but as they start to age, uh, whether it's vision or hearing, mobility, and sometimes the cognitive memory begin to um, to fade, and then a lot of the assistive technology potentially can be deployed um, for for people to prolong their productivity. And I think the whole awareness and also the understanding of the issue. Uh, should become more mainstream and mm-hmm. therefore will create um, hopefully a better uh, appreciation and also uh, response in hiring people with disabilities. There are solutions out there to assist with this kind of issue. Uh, well, Francis, we have an email question here from a Linda in Kansas City, and the question is, uh, Ms. West, uh, wonderful what IBM is doing to help people. My question is, do you know if IBM ever considers going into high schools, uh, working with students in special ed or with disabilities at a younger age? <clears throat> Well, we we um, our kind of um, approach to the uh, accessibility um, at, at the fundamental level um, historically has been more um, enterprise and also higher education oriented. However, um, the education arena, especially a secondary area, we we do have um, some research focus, and also we have started some initiatives through our corporate community relations group that are beginning to introduce some of these um, technology into the secondary uh, school. And uh, we are working closely with the Department of Education, especially the Special, Asia, uh, special Education uh, Group, to um, to really begin to think about how to deploy some of the, um, the advanced technology at various um, education institutions, all the way from the higher ed uh, down to the um, elementary even um, uh, level. So this uh, this is a space that that um, that just 
you know, it's just emerging. Um, just watch closely, and, and you probably will see some actions in this area. Oh, that's excellent. You know, and what do you do there, Francis, whenever it's a rural area? Um the rural area, well, actually, any any place that's at, uh, that has uh, um, a remote um, issue, I think one of the things that we're working with different government, whether at the municipal government level or state government level, is to really encourage them to create the uh, kind of uh, internet background uh, back backbone, right, mm-hmm. to create a broadband access, and, and that is something that I think uh, um, we, we want to work with some of the telecom uh, companies uh, to really uh, put that infrastructure in place. And once you have that, actually the rural community can be very effectively brought in um, to participate in this uh, new digital um, uh, era uh, through various uh, computer technologies. And, and actually, in some cases, it could be the most effective way of our reaching to the rural area and provide employment opportunity to them over the, uh, over the web. All right, there. We have another uh, emailer from Tampa, Florida, Ted, saying, uh, "Miss West, my question is in reference to my own son. I'm wondering what advice do you have for a college student interested in pursuing a career in the computer field, but who believes because of his significant disability he will have a problem gaining employment." I would actually really encourage uh, your son to pursue this. I know from IBM's standpoint, we are constantly looking for talented um, employees uh, with various uh, uh, abilities because what we have found as a company is that when you have the diversity of a, of a, of a employee base, a lot of times you actually will have out of box ideas, innovation ideas. Um, that's you know that that would not have um, been able to uh, uh, capture if you just have a very homogenized uh, group of people. And I think the demand for um, for highly talented IT skills, especially with understanding of a, a disability, is going to be crucial. Like like I said earlier, uh, Joyce, we were talking about the aging baby boomers. It's going to require a lot of out of out of box um, thinking in terms of IT solutions. So people who who has firsthand experience of disability can contribute significantly to the um, to solving of some of the problems. So I highly recommend um, um, the listener's son to stay in this field and, and check out IBM when he's ready to graduate. Well, there you go. If that isn't encouraging, I don't know what is. And I, I would agree because here's what I say. I say that if you're really good at what you do with this impending labor shortage, I mean, 2010, there's a 10 million person labor shortage, but Assistant Secretary Grizzard says that by 2016, there's a 36 million person retirement in this country. So with that many people retiring, you know, there's there, companies are going to be seeking people, and, you know, again, I think they're going to look at groups they did not look at before, and, as Francis said, need other groups to help in these areas of diversity. Right, and we also, um, at the fundamental level, we think that um, for even today at the higher education institutions, the focus and also the understanding or, or, or actually the appreciation of the topic of accessibility is not widespread enough. We actually just launched a, a contest uh, in United States, Canada, and Japan, and China. And in these four focus countries, um, it's, it's called a ODF 
uh, accessibility contest. It's it's a contest basically trying to encourage students to go online to take a course on accessibility. I mean, this is targeted at the uh, um, computer science students who wants to become an IT professional to raise their awareness of a, of a design for people with disabilities or usable access design criteria. Um, and also encourage them to really, you know, open source their their um, their work so that more people can benefit from it. You know, especially in the emerging countries, uh, where the cost of uh, of access to computer or to programs can be uh, prohibitive. Uh, so by open sourcing these uh, these innovations at the university levels, we're hoping to create some uh, fundamental uh, change in, in terms of people's understanding and appreciation of this topic. Which is excellent. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, do you go across the country and speak to CEOs, Francis, to educate them in this area? We uh, actually, funny you should mention this, uh, we actually are very keen on trying to raise the topic to the business executives um, around the world. Um, we have in the past year actually with uh, with uh, uh, work with uh, AAPD sponsorship, we uh, ran a banking uh, forum, for example, in New York City in mid-summer, and we just did one in, in Toronto, Canada. Uh, the whole idea is to uh, to begin to discuss the topic of accessibility and also the benefit of uh, people with disability as a workforce or as a consumer as a business initiative. Uh, we think that's actually uh, the probably the most uh, uh, creative and, and frankly most uh, sustainable way of uh, making uh, you know people to invest in this area because the return on investment. For corporation to have focus in this area actually can be very very high, not just from the branding, from the social responsibility standpoint, but also actually from dollar and cents standpoint. And I agree. And with that, we've got to go to break, but we'll be right back with Francis West from IBM talking about human ability and accessibility. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and Free Your Mind. Open your heart and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most 
recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcast each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Getterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. We're talking to Francis West, the director for IBM for Human Ability and the Accessibility Center and a real advocate for people with disabilities. Francis, I wanted to talk for a few minutes about accessibility in the third world countries that IBM works with today. For example, I know you were the IBM Insurance Unit Executive for IBM of Greater China Group. Um, let's use them as an example. What are accessibility issues like in China, and what do people with disabilities have to deal with in that country? Well, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, our uh, center is a uh, is a corporate function, a worldwide organization, and uh, one of the early strategy we put in place is to go out to the emerging countries. And right now we actually have a human ability and accessibility center set up in um, Brazil and uh, in China, and we are just about to launch um, a center in India. Um, the emerging countries uh, government are very focused in this area, contrary to a lot of people's um, kind of a common sense uh, thinking that is uh, they got so many other things to worry about. This probably is one of the last thing, and especially looking at their GDP, it's not quite as high as some of the G7 countries. But the reality is that um, um, all these countries, because they uh, they they kind of started the uh, information technology um, um, uh, revolution or, or uh, involvement um, later than the developed country. They don't have as much of a leg- legacy or baggage to carry, so uh, so to speak. So they actually have a kind of clean slate. They can build an e-government infrastructure a uh, lot faster and, and in some cases, uh, uh, you know, a lot, lot, uh, lot more in, um uh, return on their on their on their focus. So the government, um, like China, is looking at this topic and trying to make sure that their IT policies and also their disability uh, mandates are put in place, so that they can follow uh, and also in some cases actually um, replicate the the best practice um, lessons learned from uh, from other countries. For example, uh, the U.S. Section 508 um, uh, law is being studied very closely um, in China, 
and we, uh, IBM actually is uh, an advisor to the uh, Chinese government on their um, uh, legislation in the area of disability. They also are very focused on standards. Uh, they understand that uh, for a big country like China, if they're going to roll out some uh, e-government initiatives or uh, private enterprise initiatives, if they don't have a, a, a uh, open or a consistent standard that becomes uh, very um, uh, that will be very uh, difficult uh, downstream. Um, so they kind of benefited from all the lessons learned from all the developed country, and then start looking at this thing uh, from the baseline level. Uh, we just hosted a third China Accessibility Forum uh, in Beijing, China, in November. Uh, Andy Imperato from AAPD actually was one of the guest speakers. Uh, the Chinese government wants to engage uh, advocacy groups, um, higher learning institutions, uh, and also governments to really um, uh, pull together the best practice for their country to implement. Now, this that is awesome. My question is, if, if you live in China and you have a disability, what would it be like for you in reference to accessibility? Well, right now, the uh, if you have a disability, uh, the Chinese government are putting uh, in some of the uh, foundation uh, support, and in some cases, is through the um, through the existing education system, and in some cases, is through the uh, various nonprofit organization. They have a very vibrant uh, NGO. Uh, set up in China now, um, but at the uh, at the governmental level, um, the government is trying to use um, legislations to incent and also motivate uh, agencies and also private enterprises to take on the um, the accessibility as as a means uh, of uh, of a focus. Um, then also, China, Chinese government is um, is very involved in. Um, um, in, in leveraging uh, these worldwide events, for example, the Olympics, you know, the Paralympics that's coming up in China as a way of getting people's uh, awareness up. Uh, and then they are, they are, they're very aggressively using information technology as assistive technology for their uh, people with disabilities. So if you are blind or you have a significant disability, you're able to go to a university in China? China actually has uh, four or five universities that are uh, dedicated to um, uh, students with special needs. Uh, Beijing Union University, for example, is one university that uh, IBM has very uh, close relationship with. We just donated uh, some of our speech technology uh, to BUU. BUU is um, is a higher learning institution in Beijing focused on blind and also deaf students. When I went to visit BUU two years ago, um, when I saw that they're uh, in their um, a teaching environment, uh, they don't have any speech technology to help the deaf students. So uh, IBM actually has a uh, research technology called ViaScribe, so we donated to BUU. Uh, in that case, a professor could be giving uh, a lecture, and then his or her uh, lecture will be captioned real-time um, on the screen so a, a deaf student can follow along uh, very easily. The, the certain lesson, the uh, the professor's burden of using sign language or, or alternative teaching aid because he or she uh, can just speak uh, through a microphone and his or her lecture will be captioned. So that's one example of uh, how we're trying to um, 
to help the uh, Chinese uh, higher institutions to um, to educate uh, to provide more education opportunity for students with disabilities. Well, you know, I knew it would have to be difficult because if we have a extremely high unemployment rate right here in the United States, I would assume it would be hard for people with significant disabilities in these other countries to gain employment. Yeah, that is uh, still that's that's still a, a uh, definitely a, uh, a challenge. Um, but they are, uh, like I said, uh, like every government in the world, they're they're putting you know steps, and I think incrementally every year uh, we all are making progress. And again, with a combination of a private enterprise focusing in this, and also the right government policy plus advocacy group and NGOs, uh, I do think that uh, at at some point in the future this will. Catch on some momentum that um, that will you know that will begin to uh, start chip away the the issue that's been um, longstanding for for quite a while. Mm-hmm. In so many of these uh, emerging countries, people with disabilities are still resort to being beggars. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know what, people don't realize one of the keys is accessibility. Mm-hmm. If you don't have accessibility, then how are you going to gain employment? Right. So that's why what you're doing is so absolutely critically important. Well, that that is really good news to hear. So, Francis, what are some of your key initiatives for 2007 at IBM? Uh, in 07, uh, we are um, one of the things we're trying to do is is expand our own understanding of of disabilities. Um, uh, in the past, uh, I would say a few years, uh, our our focus has very much been, um, for example, on vision impairment and also uh, on um, speech impairment. Uh, but we are beginning to um, to um, to put in place a plan to begin to understand and study the cognitive, for example, disabilities, mm-hmm. which, as, as you can imagine, is a very complex and very uh, challenging area. Um, but we, we are beginning to uh, to take a look to see if we can use information technology to um, to either assist or to augment a certain type of uh, cognitive disabilities. Um, we also uh, want to internally within IBM want to really um, pilot um, some advanced technology, especially in the speech area, because we we really see a, a very fast growing of podcasts. And webcast, you know, um, uh, over the internet, and uh, and we want to see whether we can caption a lot of these um, podcasts and webcasts um, real time to reduce the cost of transcription. Um, so that's another kind of technology area we're focusing on, and we are also we continue uh, trying to work uh, on the uh, on the Linux platform. We think that Linux. Uh, as a as a uh, emerging open platform uh really offers the best uh vehicle or platform for people to collaborate and to share code and share uh knowledge um, and to uh, to be able to advance the uh the solution for people with disability at a much uh, more cost effective way if we adopt to this kind of an open standard and open initiative so you will see us working again very um, aggressively in the uh, uh, in the kind of a Linux uh, uh, support, um, like the uh, Firefox um, as a browser. You know, we we are trying to donate some of our uh, screen reader code to Firefox, so um, so so to to make it accessible. And then uh, we also are uh, for more of a traditional uh, a window platform. We're trying to 
improve the um, the what we call the usable access uh, feature and function of our products. Uh, a lot of times, uh, people uh, will follow the Section 508 um, mandate, um, but it, it, so you can you can declare as a, a solution or a hardware or software to be accessible, but it's not really usable. So this is uh, in 07, um, we, we are hoping to unveil or introduce some new product and services that from IBM that you will see that we not only designed for, accessi- for accessibility um, uh, baseline, but also from usability standpoint, we're trying to raise the bar. Wow. Well, you have a lot of great things. You're going to have a busy year, Francis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, listen, we're going to break, but we'll be right back if you just joined us. We are talking to Francis West, a director at IBM, and really a leader in the United States for Americans with disabilities in the area of accessibility. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcast each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at one 866 472 5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. And we're talking to Francis West, the director of IBM Human Ability and the Accessibility Center. And as I mentioned, 
a leader in this country in the area of disability, and one group that she's very closely affiliated with and serves on the board of is the American Association of People with Disabilities that I also am in, very involved with. And, Francis, I think I, and I know that IBM has a really close relationship with AAPD. You know, what, what does that mean to you and to IBM? Well, we have had a very long-standing relationship with AAPD, AAPD being the largest um, advocacy group for uh, people with disability and also is a cross-disability um, advocacy group. And we, we believe that uh, in the area of uh, accessibility or disabilities, it really is a topic that uh, takes what we call the public and private collaboration. That is, uh, we do need the, the government to set the right policy and the right um, um, kind of set the right tone, so to speak. And uh, from the, then from the private enterprise standpoint, uh, we want to be able to um, have the uh, – the uh, uh, the freedom and the openness to innovate and to provide the solution and be and also be rewarded for it. Um, so AAPD in this case uh, is very much uh, focused on influencing and or advising uh, the government on on, on various policies, um, and that that re- by by having uh, us associate with AAPD, we we a lot of time uh, gain the benefit of un- uh, a better understanding and insight. Uh, of what's needed uh, for the, this constituencies. Uh, and also through, uh, I think, involvement with AAPD, uh, we get to um, really uh, understand some of the thinking behind, for example, the Section 508 and the 255 refresh work and be able to have a chance to articulate from uh, industry perspective, you know, what are some of our issues and concerns and also our point of view. Uh, so, so far has been a very uh, um, productive and also mutually beneficial um, uh, relationship. And, and lately, uh, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we've been working with AAPD to see how we can really bring the the, the beyond compo- compliance, the business value of, of accessibility to uh, private enterprises. And AAPD has been very good in, uh, in, in introducing or creating the right forum for us to, um, to share a message with. And they are a great organization to work with. And Andy Imperato is fantastic. I think so highly of him. But I know that you, you know you have done a lot with them, and and that really is uh, wonderful that you are. And it, if you're listening to the show and you're wondering about AAPD, it's www.aapd.com. Great cross disability nonprofit organization uh, to learn more about. So that that is a that is a good organization to be involved with. Well, Francis, you obviously are very involved in so many things because when I read your bio, um, although I knew about this from AAPD, you were a person that gave testimony at a United States Senate hearing on the impact of accessibility open standards on the European Union which is just absolutely fantastic. Could you talk about that for a minute? Um, yeah, this is, um, oh, by the way, I think it's aapd.org. They changed it. Oh, they changed it to .com? Yeah, well, you, mean you can get to them anyway. Oh, Either okay. Now. Okay, you're definitely a step ahead of me then. No, no, that's okay. They just did that. You can still get to them either way. Okay. Um, okay, going back to the... Um, the Senate. Uh, that's about uh, yes. About two years ago, um, I was invited to testify in front of uh, um, 
Senator Allen on this topic of uh, open and also um, uh, it's, it's on the open topic. Uh, the, one of the concerns we have is that um, in the uh, in in the accessibility area, at least when it comes to information technology as a solution for this uh, issue of accessibility, it is very important that the technology is evolving and changing so fast. Uh, we think it's very important that um, the governments allow for a very open and collaborative environment um, and versus more close and supervised uh, environment because if um, if if one goes down to that kind of a close super uh, supervisory kind of a mentality, then I, we think it's going to actually slow down and sometimes time uh, uh, kill the innovation. Uh, at that time, uh, the European Union was thinking about um, potentially having, for example, third-party certification of uh, of a private company's uh, product and services. And we certainly understand the motivation because in some cases um, advocacy groups or, or uh, uh, consumers at large is getting frustrated that they're not getting services or, or a product or solution that's accessible, and so they're pushing the government to take more aggressive um, actions. But from our standpoint, that, that might be able to solve some temporary problems but in the long run, it will really um, dampen the, um, the, the private enterprise's uh, um, uh, interest or enthusiasm for innovation. So in this case, um, in the area of accessibility, uh, interesting enough, we actually work very uh, closely with our um, Competition. So, for example, we have an industry association that's combined with uh, that consists of IBM, HP, Microsoft, you know, Oracle, and so on and so forth. In, in normal circumstances, very rarely will you see these uh, the, these four or five companies I mentioned sitting in the same room because in the business world, you know, we are competition. But when it comes to accessibility standards and accessibility uh, issues. Uh, we as an industry and the information technology industry actually is very united in, in the in the sense that we want to um, we want to have a common platform or open platform so that we can always we can all use that common base to innovate and then compete against um, so that's one actually the topic that i I testify on on the benefit of having having an open standards and open collaborative environment versus a closed one. Oh, that's wonderful and how was it received? Uh, well, so far, uh, so far, you know, um, knock on wood, we we have not seen any uh, action that's uh, that's coming out of uh, the the European, you know, government that's that's uh, overly contradicting. Uh, but you know, this is some this is an area we will always uh, we can only advise. I mean, they are governments, so we can only share our point of view. But so far, seems to be uh, doing okay. Well, you know, congratulations to you. That's a wonderful thing you did. Very good. Uh, we have a question here from an emailer, David in Newark, Delaware, uh, saying, "Miss West, as a school teacher, a question that I have: When you are talking to high school students about companies, I myself always go to various trades corporations look for. In your opinion, what are some of the key traits you look for?" When you employ someone, um, I think what we, or at least uh, what I look for, um, uh, is 
uh, actually, the, the, I think a lot of people use I look for passion. I think in this in this day and age, um, uh, talent is, is, is everywhere, and we are in a kind of a global uh, world or competition for talent. Uh, there's always somebody who can, uh, let's say, uh, write better programs or, or, or uh, faster, do faster things, you know, uh, because you're not just competing with your, your fellow, you know, citizens. You're competing with, you know, uh, talent from China, from India, from Russia. Uh, so... At a fundamental level, uh, the, the skill set certainly is important. Uh, the, the basic skill set has to be be sufficient. But then above that, it is really a person's passion and the willingness to to uh, take risk, to try new things, to really be creative. Uh, because uh, we are in a very uncharted, you know, water here. That uh, when you open up to a twenty-four-seven world, uh, a global kind of world, one has one has to be very adaptive and also be very creative. So I would say that uh, you don't have to be expert in everything, or actually, you don't have to be expert in in, in in anything. But if you, but you have to be really passionate about one thing, and then be really good at it. You know what? I just agree with you 100%. As a matter of fact, every year at Bender Consulting Services, we have a theme for the year. You know, for example, when we started years ago, it was character. Then it was initiative. Then it was volunteerism. Then it was perseverance. And then it was integrity. And none of these are in the order of what I think is our, you know, most important. This is just a theme we have for the year of traits or you know, characteristics we feel help employees be successful in the world of work. And this year it's enthusiasm. And by enthusiasm, I'm meaning that passion you talk mm-hmm. about. Yes. And I agree with you because, you know, you can meet so many people uh, with the same resume. But when you meet someone who is passionate about what they do, no matter what it is, it makes all the difference in the world. Right. Uh, that that is that uh, kind of uh, qualitative uh, character that uh, that that you know in the end would differentiate the uh, above average to the outstanding uh, performance. Yes, that is right. Well, with that, we're going to leave for a moment this passionate woman, Frances West. You're listening to Joyce Bender on Disability Matters on VoiceAmerica.com, but don't go away. We'll be back to close the show with Francis West from IBM. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. At least 90% of sports success requires mental strength, and the greater the competitive level, the more critical it becomes to build that mental muscle. 
tune into Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Your host, Jim Meyer, sports psychology coach, consultant, and author, offers practical, powerful, and positive mental game, tools, tips, and techniques. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental game with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and Free Your Mind. Open your heart and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. And if you just joined, remember, go back to BenderConsult.com or VoiceAmerica.com. And you can hear this show again with Francis West talking from IBM, talking about human ability and accessibility. Um, always so exciting to hear progress is being made. And, and one other thing, remember, we're continuing to hire people at Bender uh, Consulting Services. That's what my, my advocacy is employment. That's what I'm all about. So anyone listening to the show, if you know someone with a disability in IT, finance, or human resources seeking employment, make sure they send their resume to www.benderconsult.com. We are on the move. Francis, I know you're surprised this hour went so fast because I am all the time. Yes, absolutely. Just when I'm having a good time. <laughs> yes, uh, but I do, as I just mentioned to everyone, I am all about employment. That's really my life. My advocacy is employment. And here today we are in 16 states, two provinces of Canada, and we really do have great customers like uh, Computer Sciences Corporation and the National Security Agency and the MGM Mirage and Highmark and WellPoint, and, and we're continuing, but it's still, still, we have this high unemployment rate for Americans with significant disabilities. Not everyone is as disability-friendly, for example, as IBM. I wanted to ask you, what do you think we can do in this country to improve that situation? Um, one of the things that uh, we are looking at uh, in IBM is uh, how can we anticipate and also start inventory the, uh, the, the future skills requirement and, and be able to identify them early and then have our uh, young people with disability to have the opportunity to be um, trained on that. Uh, so, for example, um, 
as you know, this uh, internet games, for example, Second Life and 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 everything that's happening on the internet, whether it's YouTube or um, MySpace, it's becoming the place for a lot of young people, and a lot of companies are actually uh, offering their services and and and, and uh, business over the internet. So we've been um, studying this area, and we think that by working uh, with either Department of Labor or Department of Education to understand uh, as, as America or U.S. evolving and more and more into a service economy, and we should be able to identify the, uh, the skills that needs to be um, uh, to be had to, to operate in the service economy, especially in this kind of online uh, community. And once we can do that, then we can map out a curriculum for our young people uh, to gain that uh, knowledge, to gain that skill set, so that they can be uh, honing their skills for the future versus for the past. Uh, we think this is an area that um, that probably could uh, use some uh, uh, very focused research and study, and, and we intend to work with some of the leading universities who, who are focusing in this area to understand the dynamics of a changing skills requirement so we can be preparing for our young people with disability uh, better for the future and also so that they can have fun at it too, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is awesome. That is great. And, and, you know, it is interesting because if you really want to communicate with young people, uh, whether or not they have disabilities, you really need to learn to understand all these new forms of communication because um, it's not as it was before. Right. Exactly. So, Francis, you have... I mean, it's unbelievable how many things you've accomplished in your career, but every single guest that I have on the show, I ask this question to uh, for the past three years and these last few questions, and that is, what are you the proudest of in your career? I will have to say that my proudest moment actually occurred uh, about a month ago, um, on December 4th, the um, UN had their International Day of Disabilities. That also was the day when they celebrated the uh, US pa- UN passing the uh, Human Rights Bill on the people with disabilities. Uh, my father uh, used to work for the United Nations back in the uh, late 60s and early 70s. Uh, so when I was a young, uh, young gal, uh, um, United Nations... Uh, was in our household, the, the name and the people and all that. And then my father passed away um, uh, about uh, 22 years ago, and I was invited to speak at the U.N. session on December 4th um, on IBM's view on people with disabilities. And it was a very um, uh, emotional moment for me personally, um, uh, but at the same time, I'm very proud to be able to uh, be a representative of IBM to be able to speak on this topic uh, at the UN venue. Uh, it kind of connected to my own, my family background, uh, and also with my my professional uh, work. So uh, I will have to say that's probably one of the most uh, uh, memorable and, and uh, proudest moments. I just wish my father is alive, uh, but you know, I'm sure his spirit was with me. I was just going to say, though, what a great thing. I mean, because of your father. That is so awesome. I'm sure that was, you know, very emotional and yet wonderful for you. Yep. That that was a, was a very special moment. Well, you paid it forward. You carried it <laughs> on. 
That that is that is something I too would be very proud of. Well, before we go to the last question, uh, emailer here from Pennsylvania, uh, Francis, do you feel that your success in life is just due to your own initiative and drive, or did you have significant role models? Um, they are, I think, uh, is personal drive or, or a kind of curiosity about trying different things and also having um, people who has a lot of wisdom to give me advice uh, here and there and also sometimes just trusting trusting. Um, some people call God's trusting uh, uh, your instinct and just to to throw yourself out there and, and actually to take on the unknown uh, is one thing that I, I, I seems to be um, doing every three or five years. Um, so I have to say that taking on this people disability uh, responsibility at first was just totally uh, outside of my my normal you know uh, experience, but it turned out to be the most rewarding thing. So. I guess taking risk, uh, but making sure that you have people on on the sideline that can either cheer you on or give you advice, uh, plus a little bit of hard work. Uh, that 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 seems to work at least so far for me. And how about the role models in your life? Role models, yes, absolutely. I think um, um, I have always in my mind imagined sometimes that I'm. I always view myself as an understudy. You know. That in life, that um, uh, I might not be the kind of onstage person at that moment, but I, I usually uh, every job I take, I look at a person that's uh, uh, in a uh, uh, more, um, let's say, in a kind of leadership role, and then I will look to her or him as if they were my imaginary uh, goal, and then I try to mimic or, or imitate or trying to learn from him or her, and uh, so one day I can become like them. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that has been one thing that I, I mentally kind of go through um, all the time. Well, obviously, your family had an impact on you, also. Yes, my family, uh, uh, my uh, my parents, and uh, I don't know whether you know, but I was born in Taiwan, and so I came to the, this country when I was 19. Uh, so, as a naturalized citizen of the United States, um, I. Um, I can understand um, um, the um, the challenge of, of uh, wanting to become a mainstream person, uh, but I think the um, the my background really uh, gave me a, sometimes an extra perspective. Which come back to you know people with disability, uh, they really bring extra di- diversity diversity to job situation or to life in general, and it's something that we all really should celebrate. Yes. Well, there was a part two to this question, and part two was, do you believe that when young people with disabilities are hired, whether it be at IBM or any other corporation in America, that it is critical to have not necessarily a role model but a mentor to help you along your way? I do think it's important. I think uh, uh, if I'm looking back, I probably should have used the mentor uh, kind of uh, a model a lot earlier in the beginning. I just I was one of those people who just think that if I I should be able to count on myself. But in retrospect, I think it is one thing that I wish I had done um, earlier to have a mentor involved in my life. If nothing else, just to give you know the kind of unbiased and objective guidance uh, uh, and and be able to and get used to getting help. I think a lot of uh, type A overachievers uh, 
sometimes we think we have to do everything by ourselves, which in the end you do have to do the things uh, by yourself, but it's nice to have people on the side give you advice and coaching. Um, and I do encourage uh, young people coming into the workforce uh, to identify and a mentor um, as, as early uh, or as soon as possible. Yes, I agree with you about that. So, Francis, what message, as I ask all of our guests, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, I guess one thing uh, about uh, IBM's uh, focus on accessibility is that um, I hope through this uh, I- interchange that understand that our approach to accessibility is, is, is really quite holistic in nature and that if you, you're interested in finding out what else we're working on, you can get on our website, which is www.ibm.com slash able, A-B-L-E. Um, I think individually, each one of you, uh, if you're in the workplace or, or uh, in, uh, uh, in any kind of business environment, it's important that we raise the request to ask the companies or ask the business that you deal with uh, in terms of their focusing accessibility um, uh, because I think by collectively proposing and, and uh, requesting a focus, we can really raise the general awareness um, and that there are companies like IBM out there really trying to um, to to tackle this area, and um, not just as a philanthropic, but as a business initiative. I agree. I agree. Well, in closing, we always end with a quote from a famous civil rights leader, and today it is Justin Dart, who said, "Lead on." Lead on, and that's how we're starting the year off this year, by leading on. Francis, thank you for joining us today. And to all of my listeners, I hope you'll check out IBM's website, and we look forward to talking to you next week on Disability Matters, the voice of voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.